Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. When you lead from a base of expertise, your confidence and credibility are derived from your knowledge. People follow you as a result. However, when you take a stretch assignment and span outside of your comfort zone, leading requires a different approach, one of influence, inspiration, compromise, and courage. We are here to talk about how to take that next step and keep going. Now, here is your host, Wanda Wallace. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. All right, today we're going to do something I haven't done in quite a long time, which is talk to a leader who's leading and who, by the way, hasn't written a book about it. We're just going to talk about his experience in driving performance and in inspiring people in his organization in making change and ensuring that everybody ups their game. So my guest today is Max Spato. He's the Chief Operating Officer for Global Markets at UBS, where he manages strategic requirements and the operational risk, working very closely with his partners in the corporate center to deliver that front-to-back management, the controls, and the supervision that is so important in banking and investment banking today. Previously, Max was the global chief operating officer for the equities business, and before that, he was the regional operating officer in Asia-Pacific based in Hong Kong. Working on sustainability, improving the sustainability, the risk profile, the strategy, and just about everything else that keeps the business going in many ways. Prior to joining UBS, he was at J.P. Morgan Chase for seven years. And Max, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to have you here. And it's a pleasure to have somebody to talk to who's actually in the trenches doing the job. So, you know, there's this off perception out there, sadly or fairly or unfairly, that people in investment banking actually don't care about leadership. So why does leadership matter to you? It's a great question, and thank you for um, for having me today. I'm actually very excited to uh, to cover a number of these um, a number of these topics with you today. Um, I think for me, when I think about leadership, and even before I I go to leadership, um, I've always been very very curious. Maybe that's the right word um, with the notion of of performance and how we as human beings are pretty much hardwired to operate in certain ways across many disciplines, whether it's business, whether it's sport, whether it's life, and really what is it that ultimately motivates people to truly wanting to do something, um, to go that extra mile. And, and obviously, <clears throat> over the last few years, the, the concept of sustainable performance um, at times of major shift of disruption, which, um, which we are and, and, and we've been for a while now. Now, I believe that leadership has a lot to do with sustainable performance. Um, and, it's, and it's very evident to me that um, there is an increasing number of dichotomies, if you wish, um, that we have to live with and, and embrace to evolve, whether it's the, the, the pressures in the job market, whether it's the acquisition of new skills versus how you reskill um, old, um, old skills, how you move from traditional business models to repivoting onto new business models. There is a lot of, um, again, apparent dichotomies that, that ultimately are presented every day um, to us, um, you know, when we, um, uh, when, when we work. And, and in this context, I think leadership has a fairly pivotal role in helping things going through both rationally and emotionally around the, some of these dichotomies and, and help obviously help people finding context on, on, on solving them. I, I also think that leadership is, has a lot to do also with um, good decisions. Um, judgment calls are becoming a lot more nuanced these days. There's a greater impact on, on choices that we can make. Um, and I think that there is a need of 
a little more balanced and an integrated decision at a rate of a, um, a pace at a pace of, of, of change that obviously uh, is extremely high and, and probably we've not witnessed before for for quite some time. So so if you want you know skills and competencies have to be a little more integrated now traditionally with, with particularly with investment banks with character leadership traits, whether it's courage, humility, humanity, integrity, drive, etc. And I think that the combination of both uh, character leadership as well as skills and competence, you know, uh, can offer a lot more of a judicious and a balanced path in many decisions that we make. And then thirdly, I, I also think that <clears throat> there's a lot to say around leadership creating a safer environment for people to, uh, to, to, to stay more out of their comfort zone. And, and this is where, in my view, real and deep learning happen and, and, and exist. And that obviously increases the chance of breakthroughs and more elevated performance. So for me to summarize, there's a lot, there's a lot to say around sustain, sustainable performance uh, around leadership. And as I said, I think to me is the, is the, um, is the light the guide can guide us through better decision. Um, as I said, not only rationally, but also, also emotionally, uh, with, particularly with, you know, the time where, where, where we are right now. Okay. So I heard this emphasis on sustainable performance, which means shifting between some polar opposites like old skills, old business models, new skills, new business models, just to name two dichotomies, and helping people rationally and emotionally deal with the complexity of the shift that's required. I heard a lot about um, helping the decisions and judgment uh, calls that need to be made, particularly given the pace of change. And I heard you speak about this safe environment so people can stay out of their comfort zone, grow, learn, test, expand, innovate, all those good things that we're talking about. Did I get a good summary there? That's an excellent summary, Wanda. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So... As you think about leading your organization now, or your former organization for that matter, in this context, what is it that's hard for you? What do you find is the hardest part of your job as a leader? There are, there are quite a few, um, actually. And, and I will probably start with um, probably a, a keep and maintain a continuous state of self-development. Um, and, you know, some call it um, a fairly high state of self-awareness, if you wish. But actually, I think that there's more than that. I think it's around understanding your own limitation um, and actually becoming conscious of your subconscious thoughts, which ultimately drives your, 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 your emotional state and therefore the actions that you take on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think that, you know, every time you're trying to go from, you know, A to Z, whether it's for yourself or whether it's for your team or for the organization as a whole, uh, I find that one of the biggest obstacle that we that, that we face is as, as leaders is to really we have obviously a bunch of hardwired set of routines whether they're mental routines or physical routines um, and, and and actually uh, in many many ways the the, the default is, is to operate uh, around memories of recent past um, they can actually uh, fundamentally affect the way that you act and, and, and the way that you make decisions. So, so I do think that uh, being extremely uh, disciplined on wanting to um, continue to stay fit, relevant, and self-develop, I think it's um, I think it's an absolutely key uh, aspect of um, of, um, of the job. Um, and, and there is obviously plenty of you know research and, and evidence that I think uh, uh, demonstrate that, that that ultimately every time you're trying to get into a transformation in any, in any type of organization, you always start it to be fairly excited, fairly optimistic, and then at some point you get to the pressure zone and, and how you get how you get um, uh, how you remove yourself and your team from from that pressure zone. I think it's all about ultimately um, you know 
stay fit um, and, 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 and sharp. So I think that's probably one, um, one key part of, uh, and, and, and I think actually this is probably has a lot to do with um, uh, not only self-discipline, but also, you know, humility in, in, um, in, in um, having, if you like, five mirrors every, every time you are, you know, every time you walk into a meeting or every time you, are, you, you, you talk to your teams. Secondly, I think, um, the, you know, I, I find the clarity of thoughts and, and removal of noise uh, and actually brutally focused on what is really, really essential um, uh, is also uh, extremely, extremely hard. There is more of everything these days, whether it's, you know, data, meetings, email, calls. Um, and I think that that, that um, extra load of information creates a significant challenge in uh, in being very, very clear on what is absolutely essential every single day, as I said, both not only rationally um, when it comes to uh, uh, projects or, 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 if you like, hard skill and competencies, but also, uh, also emotionally as well. So I think being extremely clear uh, and brutally clear on, on what's essential, I think, it's, um, I think is also very, very challenging as well. Um, and I think thirdly as well, uh, you know, Particularly right now, in the way that the world has become, it's become a lot more complex. But it's just a lot more data, more options, more disruptions, more complexity, uh, if you like. I think um, you know you, you simply cannot make it on your own. No matter how smart and driven you are, or how good your team is, you, you do need advocates in the organization, and, uh, and 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 those advocates can be uh, in and around you, or it can be in a different part of the organization. But the, the, the realization that you simply cannot make it on your own if you truly want to. Uh, affect meaningful change, I, I, think it's, I think it's fundamental. So I, I would say continue to um, uh, stay relevant, fit, self-development, you know, go deep around uh, um, how you think about, uh, you know, uh, the, the forward of the organization as opposed to your recent past. Secondly, uh, clarity of thoughts, uh, and, and again, being, being very deliberate on what is really essential. And then, third, and then thirdly, you know, look for help and find true advocates for your, for your, for your goals. I think those are I would say three very hard, um, but, but very important parts of um, how you lead. All right. I want to go back to your first point, which is this notion of self-development and self-awareness. And you said, you know, we all have our own limitations, even though many of us on occasion don't want to admit that we have limitations. But more importantly, you said being conscious of your subconscious, because that drives your emotional state. Can you say a bit more about what you mean there? Yeah, I, I think you know uh, if I um, if I can find a very simple example, you know, you you, you wake up in the morning and, and and the first thing that you do is, well, or most people do probably, is to uh, in look at their WhatsApp, their email, their their, their social media, and, and 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 there is a tendency to um, uh, finding yourself earlier on in the morning thinking through problems, right, a meeting the uh, you know a tough meeting that you will have uh, in a few hours, or or an email that you read that takes you to a fairly negative emotional state or something that went wrong yesterday. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of reasons to um, have your memory lane around your recent past. And, and actually, I, I do think that, you know, the, the, way, the, the way that we think uh, and also the way that we portray um, our thoughts to, um, to, our, to our people, to our teams, has a, has a huge impact on, on, on not only your own self-emotional state, but also how you come across to people as well. So um, I do think that, you know, re- rewiring a little bit and, 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 again, be very, very conscious of 
there is probably sixty to seventy thousand thoughts that, that goes through our mind every single day, um, and, um, and and those have a, a disproportionate impact as to how we feel, um, our emotions, and therefore the way that we operate. So, being very conscious of your subconscious and, and really be very deliberate in um, in really thinking about the future, leaning on the future, I think for me is fundamental. Okay. Uh, can you give a simple example of how you find that these thoughts running through your head, you know, maybe at the, it's not the unconscious level, but at the subconscious level drives that emotion and then impacts how you come across to your people? Yes, I think if you if you if you let it happen, obviously you know the mind is very powerful, and and it might take you to um, uh, uh, a series of rabbit holes, if you pass me the term, or or a series of, of negative thoughts that ultimately um, get you to see the world, um, um, you know, best case scenario in a in a in a in a in a neutral way, worst case scenario in a very negative way, and that does have an impact on on how you think about problems, how you think about relationships, and I think that you know again being being able to recognize and being very self-aware that reality is not necessarily what we think it is, um, and 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 be again very deliberate on on um, wanting to adopt a much more positive mind towards towards something that, that you want to explore, something that you want to do, as opposed to again past memories. I find that to be uh, in a very helpful uh, exercise, but it takes it takes time and it takes um, a lot of uh, conscious effort to be able to um, to do that. I see this in my work in two different ways. I'm going to come at this from a slightly different angle. I see people who are reacting badly to another colleague in some form, whether it's boss or peer, and they're assuming that person is coming to the meeting in a neutral state without understanding that that person may have had any number of events happen in the course of their day to day that affects their mood none of which has to do with the individual who's now trying to interpret. So if you can give other people the grace, if you will, to recognize that sometimes their negative thoughts from the course of the day or the week or the month are bleeding in to the meeting with you. That's one way to think about it. The second way that I see it is when people have had a negative experience with, let's say, a personality type or a particularly difficult situation, they carry the anxiety about that negative feeling with them to the next person who looks, has a similar personality type, or to the next situation with the same kind of road markers. And it's a way we just carry that emotion with us without ever even being real, aware of it. So it, I see it driving behavior, good and not so good. I, I I completely agree. Uh, that that's absolutely that's absolutely the case. And and again, I think a lot of um, a lot of these obviously can lead to you know people thinking about worst case scenarios before before there is even any uh, any symptom of of, of that. And uh, again, it does have a significant impact on other people, which is the reason why uh, again it needs to be a deliberate and conscious effort to uh, to work on that on that aspect. Right. Okay. Now. I- I'm imagining that some, knowing that you're in banking and particularly in investment banking, might be surprised to hear you use the word emotion so frequently. And you do. You talk about the emotional impact. So why are you so, why is that so important to you? Um, Because I think that, you know, people, um, when you look at the the greatest, uh, the greatest um, change um, you can define 
uh, change in many ways, whether it's um, whether it's sport, whether it's history, even for that matter. Um, a, a lot of the a lot of the greatest and, and deepest change has always been driven with hearts, not with minds. And and um, and and I do think that actually, uh, particularly in um, you know whether it's financial services or or other maybe quantitative type of type of industries, there is there is an over reliance on resourcing budgets um, and 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 you know let, let's just call them the, the traditional tools. But but at the end of the day, if, if you truly want to affect um, deep change and sustainable change back to the sustainability, you, you have to bring people with you, uh, and and the way that you change people beliefs um, and and therefore um, uh, you 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 bring them with you and, and and you allow them to be wanting to do something as opposed to uh, asking them to do something all of that can only happen if you, if you get if you get both minds and hearts minds and hearts and, and and that is extremely difficult it's something that is probably um, something that is, uh, you know, uh, mostly overlooked, I, I, I would say, whether it's the pace, whether it's maybe, uh, you know, the traditional way of, of, of managing, managing change, um, again, in many industries. Uh, for me, this is absolutely fundamental. And, and, um, and, 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 and actually, you can see that when you, when you get under the skin of, of, of why people do or not do certain things, um, it is all to do with, with emotions. Um, the, the, the thoughts and, and, and the rational part is, uh, is a consequence. Music to my ears. I think people make up their mind on what they're going to do or not going to do or resist or sabotage or whatever support emotionally and then justify it with rational. But not everybody would agree with me. All right. So, Max, talking about change. Can you give an example of how you've achieved the winning over hearts in driving change? Um, I would say that it's uh, that it's very hard, and 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 the the main caveat here as well is that um, you, you you have to be patient and patient, and I think patience is not something that is uh, widely accepted, if you like, as a virtue in many industries. But 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 is is a necessary is a necessary element of, of really affecting a true true change. Um, as an example, to me, the, the way that I look at change is, is is almost like shaping shaping a new garden, right? Where what you do is you know you break down and fertilize the soil, you remove the old plants, you remove um, any rocks that you might have, e.g. obstacles, you water the plants, and and then you have to have the patience to fundamentally see how. Um, Plants grow according to your design, according to your liking, and and really don't know how long is it going to take, uh, or, or or to the degree of which each each plant will, will will flourish. And and to me, there's a lot to say about that analogy as to as to how you uh, fundamentally affect uh, affect change. But one one good example that, that I think it's um it's something that I you know surprises me surprised me um when when, when it happened on on the on, on the positive side is that um. I had someone in my organization, um, a, a pretty senior person in my organization, and um, he uh, fairly unexpected, unexpectedly um, came and presented an, an idea that um, developed uh, himself through uh, self-learning, um, through curiosity, uh, and also finding the time. I think the finding the time is, is the key thing here, right? Back to the to the wanting to do something as opposed to being told to do something. So what he did is, he um, again, he found time to uh, learn about a new uh, type of technology, block te- blockchain type of technology. Um, he then find it, found the time to express that idea. Uh, he then found time to find advocates in, in technology, uh, in this particular case, to develop a proof of concept around, uh, around the technology. He then found the time, again, to come in and, and present 
uh, in, a, in a way that it was, um, uh, you know, very simple but, but very effective as well. And, and, and actually, we all think that that type of technology can have a fairly, uh, you know, widespread impact on, on, on adoption. So I guess the moral of the story here is that you're a very, very busy person. Um, there is plenty of, of, of things to do every single day and plenty of problems and plenty of reasons uh, uh, to say no to things. Um, you know, f- found the time to do all of this um, and, and went through a lot of hoops and, and actually with, with, a, with a very positive, um, you know, state of mind and, and, and again, you know, emotionally as well. Um, and, and, and actually, you know, when I asked him how he actually managed to, to achieve that, he um he, um, his view was that, you know, he, he, you know, he, he, he believed in what we're trying to do. Um, he, 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 he doesn't want to um, uh, uh, maintain the status quo in his organization, and, and he wanted to lead by example. Um, and so, to me, that is a lot. To me, that's a, just one example where you can see what people can do when they want to do something, when they are convinced. Uh, again, emotionally, that what they do is right. Um, the, you know, the, the potential that, that you know that can have in, in any organization, and that's uh, that, that, that's a reason, a good example of what I think the uh, the potential is of um, of using that type of approach. I see too many people who have the idea, but they don't take the time to develop the the how to express it, how to communicate it, or learn enough about it, and they don't take the time to develop the advocates they need before they bring it to a senior person. So to a person who's got the ability to say, I give you budget or I won't give you budget, they haven't done that groundwork. So it tends to go, okay, well, that's interesting and nothing happens to it. So if you're listening to this and wondering how to get your ideas sold, that's it. You've got to find the time to learn, the time to express the idea in a good way, the time to get the advocates, and then the time to actually really present it in a positive, upbeat manner. Good example. All right. Max, talk to me a little bit about um, motivating people. You know, I must hear this question a thousand times in any given month. How do I motivate? How do I motivate? How do I motivate? How do you think about motivating people, particularly when it comes to issues of change or increased performance or more with less? Um, it, it's a very, it's a very tough question, and there is probably three ways of of, um, of answering that question. One is. Um, there is, of course, a, um, a traditional set of levers, if you like, which um, which have worked for many, many years. Uh, some people use charm. Some people use fear. Some people use promise of future rewards. Some people use exposure. Some people use a combination of all those things. I think for me, when I think about the traditional way of, of, of motivating people, uh, it, it is about knowing at a personal level the people that you work with more closely because everyone is motivated largely by, by different things. And so the ability to be flexible and to, to be able to recognize and see that type of diversity, uh, I think, is, um, I think is pretty, uh, I think it's pretty important. Um, in addition, sometimes when it comes to motivation, there is also something around doing the very basic right when you deal with, with human beings, right? So sense of appreciation, making them feel safe at time of uncertainty, instill a degree of calmness when you're navigating, you know, uh, rough waters, uh, and, and actually continue to uh, set the context to positively reframe constantly as, as the journey continues. So I would say that this is probably the first um the first uh, set of uh, levers, if you like, and 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 again, you know, doing the basic right is not always uh, is not always easy, um, given the pace and 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 the um, and and the pressure at times. But but I do think that, that there's a lot to say around uh, around that. 
Secondly, um, uh, clearly, uh, you know, motivation, I don't think it is a, a constant state of mind. Um, you know, motivation come and go. I think that's pretty, pretty natural. Um, you know, the, the, the ability, though, to compensate uh, motivation uh, with a level of self-discipline, um, I, I, think, I think it's also important. Right? I, I think that the way the you know, we live in a hybrid world, right? You, you, you will not always have 100% motivation yourself. You, know, you will not always have your team at 100%. So I think setting the example of, of injecting self-discipline, particularly, you know, leading by example to, to counteract times where motivation is not 100%, I think that I find that to be also quite, um, quite helpful. Um, and then thirdly, Probably more importantly, um, out of out of all this conversation, it, it is about inspiration, right? So, so we all have had a handful, maybe less, of, of people in our in our professional lives and maybe personal lives where, um, you know, we've been inspired by these people. So, when you are inspired by someone, you you, you want to work with that person, you want to do things for that person, uh, you want to have that journey with that person, and. I think, you know, inspiration has probably been, um, as, as a virtue, has been something that is probably not, not, not widely recognized as, as raw intelligence or skills or, or character traits or leadership for that matter. But quite frankly, it's more and more what separates, in my mind, good to great when it comes to sustainability or performance. It's, it's a very rare gem to find. And, um, and really what I really think it boils down to, um, one that there is, is the ability to or the capacity to authentically create psychologically safe environments where you can actually motivate people to get out of their comfort zone, uh, but, but in a safe way. I, I do think that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people find inspiration through, um, through that, and certainly that, that has worked for me, um, you know, for many, many years. So I would say three things, right? One is be very, very clear on doing the very basic right, which that in itself is not a, it's not an easy task, but it needs to be a deliberate um, way of acting. Secondly, you know, trying to lead by example uh, and show some level of vulnerability, even when it comes to your own motivation to your, to your organization, um, uh, and again, compensate that with self-discipline. And then thirdly, and probably, you know, that's more of a, again, it's a very rare, very rare virtue, is, is really try, trying to inspire people because that really is what moves uh, mountains at the end of the day. Right. I love that you tie the inspiration back to sustainable performance. I just want to repeat, I love this notion of the traditional levers. I've got charm, I've got fear, I've got exposure, I've got reward, I've got appreciation, I've got constantly selling the context, kind of the classic persuasion techniques that you think about as well. Um, and that you lead by example through discipline, even when you admit I'm not 100% motivated 100% of the time. But this inspiration piece, all right, Max, I'm going to ask this in two ways. How do you think you inspire people? And then the second way I want to ask is what inspires you? Um, I think uh, in terms of um, how I try, um, it, 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 for most part, it's, it's, it's be authentic. I, I think that you know, people, people over time can see through um, authenticity or, or not, um, as the case may be. I think, um, you know, don't be afraid of showing vulnerability when it comes to difficult things, um, because what we do is difficult. I think that that's also create, um, 
uh, uh, or can create a lot more of a trusted relationship when it comes to, uh, when, you know, particularly when it, when it comes to change. Um, that's also that's also very important uh, for me. Um, and then I, I think that for for most part, you know, uh, people do admire leaders that have the courage to 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 do. Um, to, to, to do the right thing and to do things that, you know, that they are not necessarily the easiest thing at any point in time. So courage, I think, is something that I think does attract people um, in, in some ways. Uh, and then finally also, you know, have the humility to, you know, admit when things have gone wrong and, 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 readjust, um, and readjust the approach, right? So, so to me, those are probably the elements, right? Be, being authentic, um, show where required the vulnerability because, um, at the end of the day, we all wear the uh, the team shirt uh, in many many ways. Um, uh, having the courage to display to make the tough choices where, where you have to, um, and and then fundamentally, um, you know, not not being afraid to uh, to uh, to make mistakes or to show you make mistakes and, and move forward with your with your organization. I think those, those four things, uh, in different ways, but they do attract a lot of. Um, uh, a lot of hearts uh, in in in, um, in, uh, in how you're trying to to, to to transform an organization. Great, Max. If you read most of the business books in the world, people will say that inspiration comes from the vision and strategy that you set out. And you didn't say anything about vision. So, where do you think about the sense of where we're going? Do you think that plays a strong part in being inspired? I, I, I would put the vision more around the um, the you know the the, the 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 leadership part, right? So so you know I think that again there is a there is a, a rational uh, part of, of how you lead, and and I would put you know vision, strategy, alignment of resources, all discipline. I would put all of those things under the, the rational part, and then there is the emotional part as to how you lead and how you transform, and that to me is a lot to do with uh, with inspiration instead. Got it. All right, I like that one. So I'm going to put this in slightly different words in my language. That if you don't have the rational, the strategy, the vision, the aligned resources, the discipline to actually do the work that's needed, then you're not going to get an awful lot of followers. Okay, so we almost sort of say that's the price of entry, but that the inspiration, this extra piece that gets people to want to work for you, to do more, to go on the journey with you and really sustain great performance is really inspiration. And that's the emotional side. That's the hard side. Did I get that right? I, 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 yeah, you got it right. And, and I would say that, you know, ultimately, <clears throat> coupled with those two things, you know, you, you need to be um, patient, um, particularly on, 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 on the inspiration part. It is not something that you, you can plan and, and achieve uh, overnight. Uh, and it's not working harder that takes you there. Um, and, and I think that, you know, ultimately, it's about um, forming meaningful relationship based on trust. And actually, I also think as well, you know, back to inspiration, I think, you know, being, being generous with your time, or al- almost as a teacher, to be able to pass on viewpoints, perspective to your teams and the next generational leaders, I think that's something else that I think, um, particularly more junior, more junior uh, uh, level, it, it, do, it does attract a lot of uh, a lot of attention and, and rightly so as well. Right, I hear I am hearing more and more and more this phrase generosity with time, and I do find that people who are um, 
in the organization and point to somebody that they admire as a leader, they often comment about their availability, their approachability. They're willing to spend time talking to me, mentoring me, coaching me, giving me feedback, giving me perspective. And all of that is enormously valued. Yet it's too easy as a leader to get sucked into your own rush, 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 rush pace and forget that you also need to make time to do that and do that well. The generosity of time piece. It's a good point. Um, Max, this is a perfect place to take a break. So my guest today is Max Spato, Chief Operating Officer for Global Markets at UBS. We have been talking about Max's view on why leadership matters, on what he thinks the secret ingredients are, and especially the important parts about how do you keep people motivated more times than not, how do you sustain performance, and how do you inspire. We'll be right back to talk more about all of these topics. Hi, I'm Wanda Wallace, host of Out of the Comfort Zone. We have some amazing guests with some incredibly good ideas about how to take your leadership to the next level. But I find people are looking for more practical ways of implementing those ideas. So we've created an individual subscription service specifically to focus on how to apply. You'll find more about that at www.outofthecomfortzone.com. We have two additional subscription services, one for the social group that want to exchange ideas and perspectives with a group and talk about career advancement. And we have a master's level for people who want to take a deeper dive all on outofthecomfortzone.com. We hope you'll join us. If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadership-forum.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, helping organizations get it and keep it. This is Wanda Wallace, host of Out of the Comfort Zone. Do you find yourself in a role where your team knows more than you know? Are you struggling to see how you now add value? For years, I've coached leaders who have moved beyond the comfort zone of their expertise and have developed a methodology to help them make the leap and go on to do more. All of those tips are now packed into my new book, You Can't Know It All. Visit our website at leadership-forum.com or tune in to Out of the Comfort Zone for more insight. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadership-forum.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back to the show. With me today is Max Spato. As I've said, Max works as a Chief Operating Officer in Global Markets at UBS. We have talking a lot about Max's philosophy on leadership. And one of the things that you hear in the commentary is, yes, there is very much the rational part, the strategy, the vision, the discipline, the aligning resources, and so on. But more importantly, bringing people with you creating change, driving sustainable performance is really around winning over hearts. And so we have been talking about motivation and about winning over hearts and about what 
inspires people along the way. So Max, I asked before the break, what you try to do to inspire people. And I want to flip the question and say, what inspires you? I'm not asking you to name names. I'm just asking you to tell me the leader about the leaders that you work with that inspire you and why. <laughs> Thank you. That's a great question as well. Um, I think that there is probably a, a, a subconscious affinity with people there. Um, uh, they, they have that commonality with you, um, uh, uh, you know, over time. So there is probably, uh, a, a, again, an emotional affinity to um, to how you connect with with managers and 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 and, and, and your leaders over time, uh, which maybe is difficult to explain in full. But but for me, I always took the view that you learn from you learn from everybody, uh, including your own kids uh, at times, and times even even more from them than. Uh, than others, and 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 so for me, I've always been um, very open-minded um, with um, with um, um, how I learn from 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 my managers, from my leaders, uh, and 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 again, you learn you learn um, great things. You maybe you less you, you learn less great things, but being very open um, has always been something that I um, that I that I've adopted over over my career. In my experience, uh, in my own personal experience, um, what, what I have found um, being very motivating um, um, slash inspiring at times is um, at times there are there are managers and leaders that, that create uh, create an environment for for people to push the boundaries, for people to um, be safe whilst pushing the boundaries, and 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 um, and and I think that you know if you think about also how. Um, you know how how change is done. Um, ch- change typically is done through you know period of of, of either crisis or or, 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 or traumas uh, or, or big things in life. That is where meaningful change um, you know really really happens. And you know typically in those in those situations, uh, those are not obviously positive situations most of the times. But there are certain people that push you um, to your fullest potential. Um, and allow you to explore things that you might even know existed when it comes to your own performance, your skill, your competencies, the ability to lead other, 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 other people. So I find that type of environment uh, and that type of behavior uh, very, very inspiring um, because they fundamentally enrich you. Um, you, you do become a different person. You do, beca- you, you do become a better professional in that type of environment, and 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 they allow you to experiment and and venture uh, again in a very safe in a very safe way. And and they're always behind you if you um, if you need some help. Um, so that's certainly something that I that I've um, um, I find myself very motivating over over the years. I, I've also admired um, leaders um, who have navigated through tough times with a lot of calmness and, and openness. Um, and made a rational, balanced judgment calls um, for the benefit of the entire organization uh, vis-a-vis, vis-a-vis themselves. So I, I do find that those two aspects have been, if I reflect back on my career, some of the things that I've enjoyed the most um, and, and, and some of the things where I can say I probably admire that person you know, more than others. Um, that's what I would say. It's interesting. I've been asking people because I think that this inspiration idea is such an important one. I've been asking lots of people lately, who inspires you? Not I don't want the name, but what is it that they do that inspires you? And it's interesting how frequently I'm getting this answer of pushing people, pushing the leader pushes you to do something you didn't know you could do. 
It's that they have confidence in you. They convey that confidence in you and you go about doing more than you realize was even possible. And that becomes the part of the inspiration. And that's part of what you just said here is that they allow you to explore things, that they allow you to experiment and they make it safe so that you know they're always behind you. I think, I mean, I just say we way underestimate how much a leader gives confidence to people that work for him or her. Um, and the second part you said about, you know, the carefulness with the decision, the courage you might use with a decision, particularly in tough times and trying to stay calm with that and trying to be balanced in that judgment call. Um, there's a character for that. There's an, it's inspiring. And you find often people are making really tough decisions that are not necessarily supporting them as leaders either. They may make it hard for them as leaders. Yeah, completely right. I, I, I agree. Okay. All right. So, Max, one of the things that keeps coming up in the conversations with you is this notion of guts or courage and taking risk as a senior manager. So how do you think about, you know, being courageous enough to take that risk? You know, what advice do you have people about growing their courage and their risk taking? Um, I, I, think, I think it's got a lot to do with, um, uh, first of all, um, feeling that you are in the right organization, right? So, so, so there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, uh, corporation or, or, or organization conformity that comes from principal values, what people call culture, culture these days. So, so I, I do think that there is a lot around feeling comfortable um, to fit in, in, in the principles and values and therefore the culture that is displayed at, displayed at the top of the house in any given organization. So I think that level of fitness um, provides a level of alignment and, and, and confidence that is obviously necessary to, uh, to be able to push the boundaries. I think secondly, as I said earlier, you know, you know, most of the times you really cannot make on your, you cannot make it on your own, right? So, you know, finding advocates around you, um, people that share the same, the same steps that you want to take. And, and, uh, you know, that, that I think is one essential step to, um, to be able to find, you know, the strength, if you like, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in numbers. And then I, I think, you know, when you look at the, when you look at the, I guess the culture more broadly as well, uh, to be able to display that, that, that type of behavior. Um, again, you have to recognize that there is a set of principles of values which are given to you by the organization. And, and then there is what I would say, you know, the, the, the secret sauce, right? What, what you bring as a leader and, and how you walk a fine line between culture conformity at corporate level versus what you establish or you should establish a lot deeper with, with your own, with your own group. And, and I do find that when, when you, um, are very, very clear, back to the clarity of thoughts, when you're very, very clear around the conformity that is required of you, around your, your own ambition um, for, for your group, and, 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 and when you have people around you that, where you have a meaningful relationship and, and, and trust, which obviously takes, takes a long time, I feel that all those things are, are, are ingredients for you to take that additional step, for you to push the boundaries, for you to have the courage to make, um, you know, a, a bolder decision at the right time. Uh, and as I said, I think ultimately also feeling that, um, that, that you do that in a, in a way that is, that is safe and, and, and mistakes are acknowledged and, and, um, and, and learn from and, and move forward. I think that there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of culture that goes within allowing people to uh, experiment, having, having courage to think in a different way and act in a different way. 
And this obviously is something that in certain industries like financial services is a lot tougher as well, given the, you know, the risk and, and the risk environment and, and, and in general what we do and, and why we do it. Um, and again, that's another, if you like, dichotomy that, um, that, um, that we live, we live you know, every single day um, around um, achieving both, um, both goals. Right. You've mentioned many times in this conversation the need to create a safe environment a safe environment where people will take risks, where they have the courage to think and act in different ways, a safe environment where they can ask the right questions. I mean, there's a whole host of ways in which we could define safe. Okay, I'm going to ask the hard question, Max. How? What do you do to try to create that safe environment? There is, there is um, a lot to do with, um, you know, leading by example. Um, typically, um, the way that you operate as, as a leader um, as, as, a, as a significant impact as to how your team, particularly your you know, people around you, um, operate. So to me, there is a lot around um, uh, you know, leading, leading by example. There is also um, an element of uh, acknowledging mistakes. Uh, I, I think sometimes, um, sometimes uh, there could be situations where... Um, uh, mistakes are, are, are not welcome um, or, or not necessarily talked about. And, and for me, I, I do think that, again, to, to, get to, to get to the point where you truly um, push the boundaries with, with your team, both thinking and acting, you do have to uh, plan for uh, uh, mistakes. You do have to plan for certain type of experiments, again, done in a, in a safe and in a controlled way. And I think acknowledging those, learning from them in a visible way, does create that, that additional uh, confidence um, that people um, can get inspired from around, uh, you know, not feeling threatened by, by that. Uh, and then thirdly, you, you probably have to also um, encourage and, and, and reward that type of behavior as well, um, again, in the, right, in the right way. So I think having a balanced set of rewards, leading by example, um, and also acknowledging and, and learning from mistakes. I think those are all uh, good factors that contribute to, 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 you know, to the formation of that environment over time. Right. Um, if people, I mean, there's for sure, if people believe that they are going to get sanctioned negatively for having made a mistake, they are not pushing the boundaries. That is for sure. But if there is an open environment to say, what do we learn and how do we learn? And me too, I made a mistake. I think that's great. I'm intrigued by this notion by lead by example, because it's such a simple thing to say, and it's also quite difficult to do, because you don't always realize what you're doing as a leader that is not leading by example. So can you articulate what you think about you want to be sure you do and the way you operate to create a safe environment? Uh, are you specifically asking the leading by example part of the yes, question? Yes, specifically, specifically. Yeah, I think, you know, in many, many ways there are, there are, there are certain situations where it probably comes down to uh, being extremely sharp and, and very self-aware of, um, of, of what role you play as a, as a leader. Sometimes you, or most of the times, you play a, a, a coaching role. Uh, sometimes you also play a, a player role. Um, and I think I find that finding the right balance between player and, and, and coach uh, and be at the right time, at the right place, um, and again, wearing, wearing a different shirt, if you like, um, that, that, is, that is really what's required. And that's very difficult, right? Because you cannot be in, you know, in, in many places at the same time. You, you have a large organization that, you know, that, that obviously um, works autonomously you know, away from you. Um, 
so I, I think it's 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 um it's all around um, in my view not only the signal that you give but but trying to be extremely deliberate in how you uh, you balance you know player and coaching and coaching with your team. It's not an easy it's not an easy one to um to uh, to achieve and and one makes mistakes. I don't think that this is something that necessarily um, comes comes right first time. It comes with a lot of mistakes over time um, up until you get the feeling that um, you're getting the right balance. It's all about the balance. Interesting take. Um, I want to come back to something you said earlier, sort of my last question here that I think is way underestimated. We were talking about inspiration and you talk about you're inspired by people with whom you have a natural affinity, um, commonality, that commonality may be we think alike, we have really similar approach to problems or similar set of values or similar personality, or we just have a long history with each other. Um, do you think you can cultivate affinity? And if so, how do you go about doing it? I think you can. I, I think that there, there, there is obviously um, um, certain things that you, you cannot necessarily change, whether it's, uh, you know, background or, or whether it's um, uh, necessarily, uh, you know, values. But but at, at the essence of it, I think that with, with work um, and with, um, with, with, with patients, I think you can um, get more in sync. Maybe that's the right way of, of, of putting it. You can get more in sync and find commonalities. And I think that what it really boils down to ultimately is, again, it, it goes down to the emotional part as well, is that it is not necessarily how you think, because actually we all value diversity of thoughts uh, significantly uh, as, as a great attribute. So I don't think that it's necessarily the, a similar way of thinking that creates that affinity, but it's ultimately the, the way that you go about doing business. Um, it's perfectly okay to disagree on, uh, on, uh, on, on what type of goal to achieve at, at any point in time, but the way that you go about things has to be in sync. And that, and that, can, and that, that can happen with... Uh, with time can happen with willingness to uh, to think, and and I do find that at times um, we don't spend enough time to think, uh, enough time to talk about things and 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 and, and really be, be be in line, be in sync with each other, um, and that, that's another obviously you know not only logistical challenge to find time for, but also it, it takes a bit of courage as well, right, to be to be in sync with people. But but I find that to be an extremely uh, valuable uh, tool. Great. I love that because you didn't go to the obvious places we always go with creating affinity, which is common background, common hobbies, common interests, common, you know, et cetera. You went to a very different one, which is how do we think about the business and where do we see as the problems and how do we talk about what we're trying to achieve? And I think anybody can create that kind of affinity. Max, we are out of time. Thank you very much for being our guest today. My guest is Max Spado, Chief Operating Officer of Global Markets at UBS. It's a treat to hear from a leader who's in the trenches trying to do it and to hear your thoughts on how you think about really important topics like inspiration and motivation and change and sustaining performance. So, Max, thank you. Thanks to you. And I find the, uh, the, question, the you know, great questions and actually quite motivating call for me as well. Back to the, uh, back to the topic. So thank you so much for, for that as well. Thank you, Max. We appreciate it. And join us next week for another episode in Getting Out of Your Comfort Zone. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in for another edition next week with Dr. Wanda Wallace on the Voice America Business Channel. Reach outside your comfort zone this week.